Welcome everyone. This is Quantum Nurse and I am Grace Asagra, your host. Welcome and we have a special guest for today is a dear friend, uh, my teacher, who's been a friend of ours already since many years because we've been studying under her. And of course, she's a famous choreographer, director, you name it. I will read to you a little bit more about her bio. But anyway, thank you for being here and we welcome you. I would like to remind you that I created this podcast because I care about the dementia caregivers, especially this time of the year. It's a strange time and the Adult Medical Day Center is closed and I know you're right with your loved ones every day. And for all those who take care of all their loved ones, welcome to Quantum Nurse. Lisa Butalico, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm happy to be here. You are currently assistant director, principal dancer, choreographer of Alborada Spanish Dance Theater. You toured the United States as artistic director, principal dancer of La Compañía Folclórica Latina for the National Theater of the Performing Arts and shared the stage with flamenco greats, including Jose Molina, Maria Alba, Manolo Rivera, and Carmen Salau. You are the featured dancer on New Jersey Network's Emmy Award winning program, The Spanish Guitar. And your photo appeared in the exhibit 100 Years of Flamenco in New York City at the Library for the Performing Arts Lincoln Center. New Jersey performances with Alborada include New Jersey NJ Pack, New Brunswick Pack, Morristown Community Theater, Crossroads Theater, George Street Playhouse, and I know you did a lot of street fairs, which makes me really like appreciate you because you you just welcome street fairs, you welcome fancy stage, so thank you. And you also, you also did collaborations that includes Roxy Ballet's Carmen, Niri Jali Institute of Dance Journey through Genre, Outlet Dance Project at Grounds for Sculpture, and Europe, European Dance Theater. And in 1999, you founded the Arts Council of Princeton's Adult and Children's Flamenco Dance Programs. And that's actually when I met you because <laughs> I saw you performing and with the, the adults and the children. And you are also an artist in residence at Princeton Day School and at the Lawrenceville School. You, you taught also and I'm not sure, but maybe you're still doing it now with the current times, but you've been teaching at Princeton Dance and Theater Studios Conservatory Dance Program, Union County College Continuing Education Program, and formerly Princeton and Rutgers University's Recreation Programs, and has presented flamenco dance labs at Ryder University. In 2019, Lisa, was nominated for the best choreographer at 
Perry Award by the New York, New Jersey Association of Community Theaters for Zorro, the musical, with Pinworth Productions at the Kelsey Theater. And that's just, I know this is just a little bit of what she has accomplished. Trust me, if her photo is in New York for the 100th celebration, you know that she could have been in New York, but she decided to focus her dance practice in New Jersey. Lisa, I remember that you took care of a family member with dementia. Can you please share your experience about that? Yes, thank you, Grace. And um, yes, that experience, of course, as everyone knows, was very difficult for me and for the family. And uh, what helped me so much in getting through this difficult situation was to channel a lot of my emotional uh, feelings at the time into my flamenco dancing. Because flamenco dancing is very, very personal. The music speaks to the dancer on a personal level, ex expressing emotions of isolation, uh, fear, a longing, as well as a sense of beauty and sensuality and joy and empowerment. And that is a very important aspect of flamenco, to put it all together and express all of these emotions, even within one dance. So if you're having a particular difficult day with your loved one who you're caring for, you can channel it in a very positive way and express this wonderful art form of flamenco. So Lisa, another thing that I remember is that you, and, and you, we even mentioned it for your bio, so, I've seen you dance other dances, but what was your transition that now you settled or you chose to excel in flamenco? Was that like a hard transition? Uh, no, because flamenco, when it found me, sort of took over my life and um, put a lot of meaning into my life and empowered me because as a younger person, I was pursuing ballet. And also my dream as a young child was to maybe be a rocket, but I never grew tall enough to be a rocket. And in ballet, <laughs> I was not very tall. And uh, they told me maybe I should lose a little weight, even though I was very tiny and thin. Uh, so I, when I met flamenco later, uh, it didn't matter if I was short or if I didn't have a perfect ballet type body. And so that empowered me to feel very, very good about myself and the possibilities of myself and my body. And then, of course, the music and the emotion and that you're a solo dancer expressing yourself was, of course, a gift to me. So I feel that flamenco, finding it was a gift to me. Didn't you also have an incident when you were sick and you couldn't dance? And was that, tell, tell, was that very difficult, especially for someone who loves to dance and how oh. you 
over that? Absolutely. It was a very uh, weird health situation where my lung kept collapsing. I was having spontaneous pneumothoraxes for over a year. And it would happen with a, a hormonal cycle. And my son was young. He was only a little over two years old. And I was dancing a lot all the time and being a mother full time. And then to be completely out of commission was very, very difficult physically and psychologically, of course. Um, but somehow I got through that. I found the right surgeon and my lung is now healthy and fine. And But what it made me do once I started to dance again was to go into the studio and rework all of my dances. So in so doing that, I found my way of dancing as opposed to learning someone else's dance. And it made me realize that I liked that process and that I could channel that technique into making my own choreography. And it really started me on the road to my own creations. And uh, so something that was so awful for over a year ended up being another gift to me. Here I am, flamenco giving me another gift of becoming um, another, another type of artist, one who did it for herself and stood on her own two feet and was very empowering. Well, that's terrific. You do have very interesting stories, you know, from just transition from one stage of your life to another and and uh, and then watching you the, watching you and the kids because how how young what's the youngest of your student what's the age i usually start at age five i've had a few who were four and a half but that was a little bit difficult age five is good and of course once they're six then you can really do a lot with them because they've just matured and their bodies are stronger as well. And you've had on the opposite of the spectrum. If I may guess, I think you've had past 70 years old. Grace, I have had so beyond 70 years old. <laughs> I want to be polite. <laughs> As of the time before we had the shutdown, the pandemic shutdown, I had two students who were age 87. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. That's perfect. It's a beautiful like thing to hear. Yes. I would like to share that they are two of my very passionate and they would do a whole two hour class and never complain. They never wanted to sit down. They dance for the full two hours. So I call that such an inspiration for everyone. Yeah, I, I hear you and I feel you and because I've seen them, I may have been in their class and it's that's why for us to even the younger ones the ones in the middle like if we complain here are the little ones dancing and having their fun and here they past our age and still having fun and uh, and you have seen them grow and did they have like tremendous 
testimonial for you on how their dance experience even helped them to move on to their school and to college, etc. Absolutely. I have had so many parents uh, at the time where they're graduating high school and going on to college come to me and say how important flamenco was, that it helped their math, that they know that they excelled better in math because of all the patternings, because, you know, flamenco is not written down. You have to memorize a lot of rhythmic patterns. So and also giving them a sense of themselves and that their bodies didn't matter, you know, as the women mature, their bodies change and Flamenco was very nurturing of those changes as you grow up. So uh, flamenco was definitely, definitely had a fabulous impact on many of these children's lives. Other than your health, Lisa, what's your most challenging experience, whether it be for your dance or something? Well, of course, the, the, the challenges of, of as we talked about the caregiving aspect, that was very, very difficult. And uh, the other challenge was to um, not be able to dance and to think that you're never going to dance again. I mean, when I went into my surgery for my lung, I did it dancing. I wouldn't, I didn't want to be sedated before I went into the operating room. I, I danced, I did my flores, I did my arm movements. I wanted to dance into that experience because I didn't know if I would ever be able to dance again. And I think that was the most challenging thing I ever had to face. How about now, Lisa? We, you know, I, I can see that artists, performers are most affected with this quarantine time. I can't even imagine what's going to happen with the, with the big stages, like, you know, what's going to happen with the theaters, you know, the ballrooms, just the big places for tremendous socialization. So how, what, what do you think? feel about that or how do you feel about that and what are you doing for yourself well as as far as doing for myself in some ways the shutdown here again was another gift to me in a way because I had nothing else to do so I went into my home studio and I would be dancing for hours and I created several new choreographies of music that I had never danced to before. And I said, okay, now's the time, focus and, and try this music that you never were motivated to do. And then I found beauty in them and motivation. And I expressed a lot of the feelings of isolation in one of them, the solea populerias, which comes from the word loneliness, solea, soledad. And so um, as far as a, as an individual artist, I, I actually got a lot of benefit from having nothing else to do but to create. But of course, as a performing artist, it is not so good. And I've done some virtual performing and it's okay, but you can never ever replace being live with your musicians, which inspire us to dance. And of course the audience, every time you go to a performance and you see real people sitting there who came there to see you, it is so inspirational and it is so, energizing so i miss that and i'm sure every performing artist is suffering from that a lot 
I yeah, I really can feel that. I can, I, you know, I can only feel that it's it's just I don't know. I don't know what to say except that where they seem to be. It's up to us to be able to adapt and either we make the most of this as just like you and what you're doing and how I created a podcast or just settle down and accept whatever. So I says, no, we're going to create something. So uh, here we are. (laughs) And I also have observed that since you teach almost every day, plus other commitments that you have, you rarely get sick. You rarely complain to us. <laughs> and, and us who comes once, twice, three times will have some aches and pain. So how do you, what's your, like, like what, is, what does Lisa's, Lisa's routine from morning till evening? Okay. Well, there are two rules that I try to really not deviate from. One is to eat healthy food, not to eat a lot of food. Um, I try not to eat processed food. I do like to have some dark organic chocolate before I perform, which gives me energy. A lot of green vegetables and fresh fruits and whole grains. You know how important diet is for your life. Also, to keep physically active, I not only dance, I like to swim as a form of meditation to get into the rhythm of the swimming and to be without gravity for an hour a day is very good for your body, especially for flamenco dancers who are pounding the floor a lot, to just feel you're floating and not to hear anything but the sound of your own breath and the water rippling around you is very tranquilizing and it's also, it's very strengthening to stretch your back out and to feel just very calm. And so I recommend that, or I guess walking. I like to walk, but I like to swim a lot better than I like to walk. Yeah. I, I, when I was in New York and uh, working in a big hospital, they had a pool. So during my break, it was an hour break, as opposed to when I came to New Jersey, we just had 30 minutes break. But in New York, we had an hour break. So I said, after... Uh, before I have my lunch, I will go and take a quick su- swim. It was an indoor pool, but good enough because that was the first few years that I came from the Philippines. And in the Philippines, I used to run in the morning towards the beach and then then swim in the beach. So that was a, uh, so I, I know it feels so good when you're next to the water. And the pool is better than no water, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I want to go back to the the flamenco thing because um, from in the Philippines and maybe in other countries, but let me tell you about the Philippines. We have we have like similar dances that reminds me of flamenco, and then when like we we use castanet as well. We use the fans. We use you know just a lot of in the skirt and a little bit of the hands, the flower. Then when I watch also like the Indian dances or 
the other dances in the Middle East. Like, there's so much things that are the same. If it's different, I, I don't know. And sometimes the music itself take us to the journey of the flamenco also. Flamenco has a very interesting history because Spain had so many influences, was, were occupied by many different groups of people over the centuries, uh, as well as of course, Spanish colonization. Uh, you get a lot of influences on flamenco from North Africa, from North India, from the Celts who had been in Spain over the centuries, and of course, the Moorish connection, uh, the Arabic connection, because uh, Spain was also ruled by the Moorish um, people. And uh, so um, you hear in flamenco Sephardic Jewish music, you hear the, the uh, Arabic chant, and our posture, our very erect posture also comes from the Celtic influence. And our fingers and our hands are also from uh, music from North India and the dance moves as well as the Arabic. And then of course now flamenco has been influenced by other art forms. Um, of course, the Caribbean, the salsa music has uh, influenced flamenco. And now even uh, American tap dance has influenced flamenco and hip hop. Uh, flamenco is a living art form. And when it has a good influence, it goes with it. So it's constantly reinventing itself. And that's also what makes it so unique. It's not stuck in history 200 years ago. Oh, fantastic. Uh, what, with all of the, you, what you have accomplished, what can we expect uh, in five years? What do, you, what do you see more? Well, I see more choreography and of course teaching i mean teaching gives me so much energy and to see people accomplishing even little steps and see the joy in their faces as they feel like i've really got this now it, it, it you can't describe it i'm sure all teachers feel that way and i certainly do of course i'd like to keep dancing as much as i can and performing flamenco has doesn't have the age limit that other art forms do because you don't need to jump so much you don't need to stretch you need to keep your thighs and your back very strong that's very very important and your health so I hope to just keep dancing and doing what I'm doing and even improve I keep working on myself and see my own growth as well so I hope to just keep going <laughs> and you also uh, have a son who plays me an instrument right um, and of course your husband is a musician as well does it help when you're surrounded, your whole family is a music, are musicians? 
Yes, and the wonderful thing is that we get to collaborate sometimes, especially with my husband. We've done a lot of collaboration with fusion, flamenco, and classical music, and flamenco and regional music. So that's wonderful. I recently collaborated with my son and my husband. My son plays the trumpet. So, uh, and of course, they support. They support me in my flamenco journey, which is so important to have people around you who support you. So yes, yes, the family has been wonderful for flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that keeps you awake at night? Well, yes, um, the state of the world and how we're so divided and people are not coming together the way we should. Because when I'm on stage and we work with guest artists from all over the world, from different countries, from different religions and backgrounds, we come together to make beauty and to share it with the public. And we, we, we celebrate our diversity and we celebrate uh, coming together and finding common ground. And I just wish that the world and our political world could feel that way. And they should be giving all their money to the arts because the arts heal. And, um, and it brings people together, creating beauty and joy for the public as well. So yes, that keeps me up at night. Like what am I leaving to my son? Uh, what world is he going to have? But then I'll go in and express that in a flamenco dance. So at yeah. least I can deal with it in a positive way. Then your choreography will be fantastic because it may reflect on these current times, right? Yes. You can do such choreography. I will keep trying and being inspired by that, yes. Is that also where, other than that, do you have any, any deepest pain that you can remember? I ask that because I know flamenco dancers are very passionate and I know you. <laughs> Well, of course, when you know your fam, when you see people around you who pass away, and the one year I had, uh, my mother-in-law passed away, and two days later, my mother passed away, and then uh, seven months later, my father passed away, and so it was a very difficult year to get through. And um, somehow we all did it, and uh, I'll go back to our art forms really help. My, my husband plays his music and he's also a wonderful artist. And he started to really express himself uh, through his art as well. And so I, I recommend to anybody who is dealing with any kind of difficulty in their life to find a way to channel it. Because if not, it stays locked inside and you don't wanna be locked. You want to be able to get it out. And uh, I, I, I really feel that people who have something that they can express themselves and channel will be better off for it and healthier in the long run. Thanks for the reminder, Lisa, because I always say to my clients that we are meant to move. If we have two arms and two legs, then we got to move. And, and we're also meant to be outside. So now that if we can be outside and be safe in the like perhaps 
you know, and a lot of trees and nature. And you know, that's where we get all the sunshine and the vitamin D and hopefully fresh air. So <laughs> moving, yeah. moving and uh, the physical activity. So yeah. you're such well, a pandemic, I would take a two by two wood board and I'd go to one of your your fellow students, I would go to her backyard and we would dance outside because I couldn't keep staying just in my basement studio and to dance outside, look at the trees and the sky and let it fill you with a different kind of energy uh, while you're dancing is wonderful. With no mask, right? Oh no, we, we were wearing masks, especially in the beginning, we had masks. And then over the past month or so, we would not wear masks. And I wasn't facing her, she was following me. So I was facing front and she was behind me. Because that seems very difficult in your, you know, because flamenco is very aerobic. And yeah. You need a full access to your nose breathing and every now and then we can't help but do mouth, some mouth breathing. <laughs> and yes, that's correct. But recently I was teaching inside, uh, social distancing in, inside with masks and you did have to take a lot more breaks to, to put your head out the window and breathe some fresh air. It's, it's difficult. Well, at least you don't stop being created on how to continue dancing for yourself and for others. And that's, that's really wonderful. And if someone is listening to us and, you know, thinking about going into a similar career of dance career, what best advice can you give? And um, maybe you could also share, what was your best advice given to you? Uh, well, my mother's was the best advice because she basically said, just keep on dancing, keep on celebrating your life. And uh, that's what I have done. And for others who are in dance, depending on what uh, type of dance they do, is to when one maybe your career ends on one way, but then channel it into another way. Like it's never over. You should never feel that it's over. You'll find another way. Maybe you'll find another dance form or you'll teach or you'll choreograph, but don't, don't just stop, you know, try to keep going and find, and just keep reinventing yourself. It's very important to just go with the flow and reinvent yourself, accept what you have and, and move ahead. Do you have a superpower, Lisa, or your success secret? Um, not, to, not to care so much about fame and fortune as people like to think of it, but to just care about expressing yourself and, and doing it for yourself and not for fame. I mean, I, a good day for me is if I've come up with a good idea for choreography or I've had a good rehearsal. In some ways that makes me happier than doing a wonderful performance, which is wonderful. I'm not saying it's not, but I can be totally happy with a good rehearsal or getting a good idea for a choreography. So, you know, think, think small sometimes and then maybe something bigger will come.
How about for those who are caring for their loved ones, whether it be dementia, what one good habit do you think you can advise them that they can do like in the morning and in the evening? Well, the first thing to remember, and it is the hardest thing to remember, is that somebody suffering with dementia is not themselves. So when they make you frustrated and you can't believe what they're saying sometimes or doing, that you have to keep in mind that it's not, they are not themselves and they are not doing it. It's the dementia, it's their condition that's doing it. So remember that when you wake up and, to, and also to get a lot of sleep, to try to sleep well because you need that healing time to sleep well and get up and you know, eat something healthy and, and start your day on a positive way. Try to read what before you go to bed. Don't stay on the screens all the time because that makes you a little crazy. To do things that can keep you a little calmer is, is very important. Or take a class in the evening. Because I, I remember all of us will say we... Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sleep very good at night after the class. We get yeah. still awake, but then later on, we sleep very good at night. <laughs> you, you get a lot of... <laughs> and I know, I know that others, when they can, those are... Stay on retire in the evening as well. <laughs> they want and uh, what do you love most in your life right now, Lisa? Um, just what I love most is just being able to still do what I do. I, I, I celebrate that and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the Princeton community pool because they open this summer and I'm able to swim again. I hadn't swam for so many months. So just being able to do what you can do and what you love to do is, is just, you can't beat it. It's so important in life. Thank you so much, Lisa. You shared a lot of positive things for us to remember or to just just contemplate on it and hopefully one or two will resonate to our listeners to our audience and then it makes them make life a little bit more meaningful even if people are having difficulty do you want to tell them where they can reach you please lisa well, you can always find me uh, and my information on my website, www.lisabflamenco.com. Oh, and, and I will make sure that I place that information in the description. And so if, and I have a book, a coaching call, complimentary about what the other guests, and I can put it there. And so thanks for the audience and mission today. Okay. And I always think.
happening here. 